0: Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The latest edition of the Lutheran spokesman came out and should be coming to your homes if you get them in the mail. And on the cover of it, you can see, or you will see, a picture of a castle. It's actually the castle where Martin Luther stayed while he was hiding, basically as an outlaw from the Roman Empire, from the Holy Roman Empire, who was considering him a heretic. That picture tells a story. And if you're familiar with the story, the image itself is bringing forth thoughts, ideas, history of how the Reformation began. In fact, the Reformation is said to have begun in a tower. We think of Martin Luther studying the book of Romans in a tower where he was getting ready to teach as a professor. And as he's studying the book of Romans, he comes across the passage that is so familiar to us around this time of year, Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for everyone who believes. He sees that the gospel is something that justifies us, that makes us right with God, and he begins to teach and preach and stand on that truth, that the gospel is a power of God to save us apart from works, and by faith alone. Romans presents God in propositional statements. The gospel is the power of God. That's an assertion, a statement. But even in that statement, we know it's more than just words. Even the word power evokes in us images that are bigger than the words itself. A metaphor is a picture, kind of like on the cover of the magazine, a picture or a story that links our mind from what we know to what we want to know. And while Romans presents God in these propositions and assertions of what the gospel is, the doctrine of grace alone, it's another book of the Bible that presents the same truth in metaphors, in pictures. While we might think about Luther's Tower experience studying the book of Romans, what we often don't emphasize enough is before he ever got to Romans, From about the years of 1513 to 1516, he was studying the Psalms. He was teaching and lecturing in the Psalms. And it was the Psalms that shaped Luther's imagination, which comes through in his sermons and writings. The Psalms deliver to us something we can't exactly touch when we're trying to discover truths that are beyond our senses. Spiritual warfare, God and Satan, heaven and hell. The Psalms will capture and the Bible will capture these things we can't touch with metaphors darkness and light, captivity and freedom, warfare and armor, fires and gardens. Before Luther's tower experience in Romans, there was another tower experience as he was learning the Psalms, and he read Psalm 46, which says, God is our refuge and strength. Throughout Martin Luther's life, he was under attack. And he, in fact, suffered from depression and anxiety. And when he would go through these bouts of darkness, he would turn back to the Psalms. In 1527, going through a particularly difficult time, was when he wrote a hymn based on Psalm 46 that we just sang, A Mighty Fortress. It's often called the Battle Hymn of the Reformation, and throughout not just Lutherans, but Protestants across America, this time of year, they will sing this hymn, almost like a battle hymn. But the hymn wasn't written as a celebration of the Reformation. It wasn't a commemoration of the 95 theses that Luther posted. It was not about the glory of a military march against Rome. No, the hymn, A Mighty Fortress, was written in 1527 out of darkness. Luther was going through a personal struggle, and he would say to his friend Philip, Come, let us sing the 46th Psalm. This brings to us a towering experience of its own in the midst of turmoils. I'll read it from the English Standard Version. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth smelts. The Lord of hosts is with us, the God of Jacob is our fortress. Come behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. You can see how the use of metaphor excites and expands our minds. It brings to us things that are bigger and larger than any logical argument could say. God is our refuge and strength. God is a rock. God is a fortress. God is a tower. God lives in a city. And in the center of that city is a place of peace and safety where there's calm waters, a river running through it, a garden. Now, I could say to you, God will protect you, God will take care of you, God will keep you safe. And it's all true assertions. Or I could simply say, God is a mighty fortress. This psalm brings out things that are bigger than words. In the Old Testament, references to waters meant to the Israelites a reference to chaos, a reference to trouble, a reference to turmoil. Anytime that the Bible will use a metaphor of water, it will show how evil will churn and swell against God. Israel saw this as they journeyed through the Red Sea, and God parted it and brought them through on solid ground, but then the water swallowed up the Egyptians. They saw this when the nations raged against them like mighty waters, when the idolatry that the devil was putting forth and all the other nations was beginning to find its way in and threaten the peace and safety of God's people. It was God who needed to be their rock because God, as a rock, stands firm against the waves. He rises up with a garden-like paradise, All around, there is a city that makes us glad. Although the world swells with turmoil, although lives are stirred by the devil, although we are afflicted in body and soul, God remains firm, solid, and sure. You can see how much this sort of touched Martin Luther's heart in 1527. In 1527, Luther writes a hymn. He later referred to this as the worst period of temptation he has experienced in his whole life. He used a German word which meant that it was a spiritual attack on His friends referred to this time and said in a letter, We are all in good health, except for Luther himself, who is physically well. But outwardly, the whole world and inwardly, the devil and all his angels are making him suffer. In 1527, Germany was struck with the Black Plague. And it was during this time that Luther, Luther's wife gave birth to a daughter who got sick. And the newborn, just six months old, died. All around him, the church was divided, and although the Reformation had started a new beginning, that beginning splintered into many factions and many movements. Some even believed this was the end of the world, and it was their job to take a military position against the government of Rome. Out of the darkness, Luther wrote A Mighty Fortress. So what does this psalm do for you when you hear that God is a mighty fortress, when you think about the waters rising up, when you face your day of temptation or affliction? Although the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, Zion, the place where God's people dwell, by faith in him and gathering together around his word, It will never be moved, the psalm says. Jesus picks up on this in Mark 11, when he says that by faith you can move mountains. He says, if you tell this mountain to be thrown into the heart of the sea, it will be done for you. Now he's also alluding to this metaphor of moving mountains. Not because you have to believe strongly enough to actually make things move. But because faith is so at peace with the world that we live in, knowing God is in charge, that mountains can be moved into the heart of the sea, and we remain calm. Faith is a place of refuge. Faith brings us into this mighty fortress. The second half of the psalm brings us then to the final outcome the final day in the first half you have the battle scene god is fighting against the nations who are raging at war with him and the nations are the devils those under the devil's sway the second half tells us the outcome come behold the works of the lord verses 8 through 11 it's here in this setting That God says, look at the final outcome and be still. Be still and know that I am God. Now the reference to be still we often think of as a personal message to you to calm your heart, to be at peace, and to trust God, which it is. But in the context, it's more than that. It's given in the plural, verse 10, be still, you all, or y'all, be still. And who is he telling to be still? Not just you and your heart, but the whole world that's stirred up in this angry turmoil. Again, Jesus himself is showing us the fulfillment of this in The book of Mark. In the book of Mark, Jesus is facing the storm on the sea. And his disciples are wondering, why is he asleep in the boat? Jesus has fallen asleep, and yet there's these churning, raging waters all around him. And their first question, their first instinct is, don't you care? Don't you care that we're about to die here and things are out of control and how can we do anything? And Jesus stands up, says, be still. But we know he's not just commanding his disciples to rest their hearts. He says it and all the waters go calm. Be still and know that I am God. In the end, the final outcome is that he's going to silence and calm all the turmoil. He makes desolations to end in all the earth. He makes wars to cease. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear and burns the chariot. He brings an end to all the spiritual warfare that is fighting against God. Be still and know that I am God. But for you, it's to be still now. It's to be still in the midst of the turmoil. I will be exalted in all the earth, and all will bow to me. We can so easily get caught up in the turmoil, to think it will never end, to think no good can come of it, the cancer that infects those we love. Seeing those we love afflicting us seeing the world stirring the chaos of warfare politics elections be still the word ripples across the water and jesus says to his disciples why do you have no faith though devils all the world should filth All eager to devour us, we tremble not, we fear no ill, they shall not overpower us. This world's prince may still scowl fierce as he will, he can harm us none, he's judged the the deed is done. As Luther went through that time of turmoil, he went back to the metaphor, he went back to the picture of God in the Psalms that is bigger than words. The Psalms are filled with the Spirit's power, a power that drove the Reformation, a power that came through in Luther's writing and preaching and the way he meditated on God's Word, and they do the same for you. The Word will still remain, and this Word will continue to speak in large ways if we just take the time to listen. God is a mighty fortress. Amen.